0: Baptism, baptism, baptism. What's the big deal about baptism? Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And this passage from Mark's Gospel is very familiar to many of you, right? Yeah, we find John the Baptist, who wasn't a Baptist, by the way. We'll get back to that in a second. He is in the Middle East. He is in. Israel, he's at the Jordan River, and John is preaching a, in your face, get your life together kind of a sermon, when, who shows up? J-E-S-U-S. And this account that we have from Mark's gospel is one of the shorter versions that we have of this event, and that's very typical of Mark. His style is brief and simple. And so, if you haven't read any of the four Gospels about the life of Jesus, start with Mark. It's simple, it's to the point. Example, St. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now back to the whole John John's, the Baptist is not a Baptist. What? Well, to make sense of that statement, we're going to have to take a brief, biblical, historical, and theological detour. Are you ready? Here we go. Mark 1, verse 4. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now here's a statement. You tell me what the statement is true or false. John, like Jesus, was Jewish. True. But John, unlike Jesus was a descendant of Aaron, Moses' brother from the Old Testament. This meant that John was from the priestly line, the priestly tribe. John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, served as a Hebrew priest in the Jerusalem temple. Now, baptism, as Christians understand it, was not practiced in the Judaism of the time, nor is it practiced in Judaism today. However, Ritual purification through water was known in the Judaism of the time. A ritual bath was used. To use the Hebrew word for this ritual bath, mikvah. Mikvah. Let's say that word together. Mikvah. So this was a known practice. In fact, some worshippers, when they entered the temple in Jerusalem, before they did so, in fact, they used a mikvah. And the idea being to imperfectly summarize the Old Testament's theology, like why would anyone do that? Well, one should not casually flip-flop into the majestic presence of God. To use an analogy from today's world, we might say one should not wear workout clothes, t-shirts, sweatpants, and sneakers when being formally received by the King of England. And trust me, I know, I tried that last year when I was in England, and King Charles had me kicked out on the street.
1: I jogged away, at least I was dressed
0: for that, you know. Now, John the Baptist's baptism included some of these ritual purification ideas, but he really emphasized the moral excellence, the high standards that were supposed to be the reputation and the reality of the people of God. That's what John's Baptist was emphasizing in his baptism in repentance. Things like the Ten Commandments. You remember that list of thou shalt." Remember that list? Okay. And did you know that the people who were responding to John's punchy preaching by the banks of the Jordan River, they were all making an announcement. Did you know that? They were making an announcement like, da-da-da-da! They were announcing, da-da-da-da! That they would live differently. That they would change their lives. They are announcing that they would repent. Repent. Our English word repent comes from the Greek word metanoia. Turn to the people to your left and right and say metanoia. Metanoia means in the Greek to turn one hundred and eighty degrees. So together let's say that word. Menanoia. You know, actually, that would be an awesome name for someone's dog. No, really, just think about it. So your dog is running away from you, you go, here menanoia. You have to think about it. He turns around. Yeah, you think about that a little bit. none of all of this makes John the Baptist a Baptist. That is a Christian who is a member of a denomination. A particular denomination of the Christian faith. John was a Jewish preacher of repentance who told people, get your life together the Messiah is coming, get right with God. And he told them to mark their turning to God, their metanoia with a ritual bath. mikvah. Today's lesson from Acts chapter 19 reveals to us that very early, super early, the earliest Christians, our spiritual ancestors, made a distinction between John's baptism and being baptized in the name of Jesus. So in Acts 19, Paul, who was in what? What was Paul? He was a missionary. He was an apostle. He drops in on this little group of disciples, Somewhere in the Mediterranean world, and he asked them this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No. We even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they answered, Into John's baptism. What happens after that? St. Paul then baptizes them with Christian baptism. So Christian baptism includes the Jewish ideas of purification, of forgiveness of sins, of moral excellence, and includes the Christian ideas of accepting Jesus as one's Savior and following Him as one's Lord. And by the way, that language, Savior and Lord, you can find it right in our own Book of Common Prayer. Question. Did John baptize Wow! Well, did he baptize babies? Come on, make a commitment. Shout it out, yes or no. No! He did not. And yet very early on in the church's history, the church very early on began to baptize infants, children, and adults. But today, not all denominations shake hands about this topic. Some only practice what's called Believer's Baptism, like Baptists. And others, like Episcopalians, practice Infants, as well as Believer's Baptism. And we don't have time right now to get into all the watery details of that, or immersion, or sprinkling, or all of those kinds of things. We don't have time to get into that right now. But I know what some of you are thinking right now, at this very moment. Some of it I'm not going to share. <coughs> But some of you are thinking, now why has he not yet mentioned John the Baptist's special diet? (laughs) Ah, locusts and honey, the breakfast of champions. But some of you are actually thinking something a bit more serious. Some of you are saying, well, all this is nice, what a nice Bible lesson, a history lesson, Father, but what does this have to do with our lives? When are you going to actually preach to us? Well, baptism is a big deal. In it, we receive cleansing, forgiveness, and power. In baptism, a call is issued. You and I receive a call. Ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling, every time someone's baptized, or when we renew our baptism, which we are going to do this morning, we are making an announcement. Da-da-da-da. We are announcing to God, to each other, and to the world, that we will live differently. That we will change our lives. That we will repent. That we will, with God's help, menanoia, That we will walk in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And this is a call, ring ling ling ring-a-ling-ling, for you, for me. And for our congregation is a family of faith, I should probably mention before I forget there have been times well I should say very often I have inconsistently lived my faith inconsistently. There have actually been seasons in my life where I drifted away from my faith and I knew it and I allowed it to happen it just. Yeah drifted away. There have been seasons of my life where I really struggled with my faith. Sometimes it was an intellectual issue. Sometimes it was a heart issue. I wonder if I'm alone in that. If you've had any of those experiences or struggles with your faith, raise your hand. Yeah, I see lots of hands. The good news of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of your baptism and mine is that we can start again. We can begin again. And what better day to do it than the first Sunday of a new calendar year? In fact, it's a fantastic time to do it. Turn to somebody and say, fantastic. A little more enthusiasm. Continue in our faith or start our faith journey more intentionally again. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. You came in this morning, you should have received a Holy Spirit star. And if you don't have one yet, don't worry, you'll get one before you go. And we do this every year at St. John's around the Feast of the Epiphany, which falls on January fifth. And in each of the stars is written one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit from Galatians chapter five. If you know the fruits of the Spirit, which begin in chapter five, verse twenty-one, you can say them with me. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm going to read them again. And when you hear your star being read, raise your hand. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So trust that the star you received is the star for you. Trust that the star you receive is the fruit of the Spirit God wants you to work on this year. Trust that through this fruit, this virtue, this behavior, the grace of your baptism will shine. That through this fruit, your life will be brightened and the lives of the people around you will be brightened. Trust that through this star by following it, you like the epiphany wise men will be brought to the home of Christ and Christ's family. Trust in the star as a gift for you for this year. Picture in your mind, imagine your star, whether it's love, joy, peace, Whatever it is, picture it in your mind, your star, shining in you at your work. Picture your star shining in you in your relationships, in your marriage, when you're at school, when you're with your kids, when you're out and about, when you're by yourself. Imagine the difference this little star will make Shining in you. Shining in you, baptized into grace. Energized by the Holy Spirit. You, strengthened by this parish family, fed by the Eucharist, to metanoia throughout the year. Now, I want everyone to hold up their stars. Just hold them up. Don't be bashful. Hold up your star. And don't worry that others of you will get them. Look around. I want you to look around. Imagine a world full of Christians letting their little lights shine. Letting their little lights shine into their personal problems. Letting their little lights shine into their society's problems. Into the world's problems. And their little lights, our little lights, ignited by the bonfire brightness of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, who they receive, who you and I receive in a special way, in our baptisms. Imagine that little light shining in you. And imagine those stars shining in the people around you. Baptism, baptism, baptism. What's the big deal about baptism? God is the big deal. Of baptism, you are the big deal of baptism. Made a beloved child of God in baptism, the Spirit is the big deal of baptism. And together, you and I can lift up our stars, recommit to our faith, accepting Christ as Savior, following His word, and letting our little lights shine, Breathing into this very, very broken, but very beautiful world a fresh outpouring of brightness and warmth. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let them shine, let them shine, let them shine. And God's people say, Amen.